and welcome to the Dicebreaker podcast, episode 8. This week I looked up which episode it was before we started recording, so we didn't have to record that intro about 16 times. It's gotten to that point now, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just ingrained in me. God help us when we get to double digits, it's going to be a nightmare. Uh, I am Matt Jarvis, I'm the editor-in-chief of Dicebreaker, and this week I am joined by Free of the Team. Uh, we will start with Alex Lowley's because you're top left of my screen. How are you doing today, Lowley's? It's me. Um, I feel like we need to get this out of the way because, you know, episode eight, somebody's surely going to go, number eight, uh, number eight, uh, number eight. Uh. What is this? That's my version of a burp. I can't burp. Oh, no. <laughs> I know exactly what she's referencing. I, I know exactly no what she's referencing. I thought you were doing like a revolution number nine thing, but it's it's, it's a Simpsons very, reference. Yeah, very specific Simpsons episode okay. reference. Not, I like that not only did like not only were you the only one thinking it, but you you sort of platformed it as if it had to be done. <laughs> I think I think the viewers and the listeners will know exactly what was going on. Okay. Yep. Send us your answers for which Simpsons episode Lolis is referencing this week. Yeah. Uh, let's let's introduce everyone before we immediately fly off the rails. Uh, <laughs> next, we've got Michael Wheel and Wheels. How are you doing, Wheels? Michael Wheel and Wheels. How are you doing, Wheels? Here from the <laughs> Dicebreaker video team. How's it going? Uh, I'm good. Fine. <laughs> yeah, all right, thanks. You know, good to see all your faces and Johnny's earlier. Let's not, you know. It's always good to see you lot, particularly at the moment. Um, and finally, we have Alex Meehan. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Let's, should we talk about board games? Yeah, go on then. Or something <laughs> other than this one specific Simpsons reference. When she started no, doing that, I was, I was saying... like, is this, is this happening? I'm just. I'm <laughs> telling you now. The people they're, they're gonna go crazy for it. Oh, Matt, we both did exactly. <laughs> yeah, we were just typing that into the uh, the very professional Google Doc we use to keep track of the funny <laughs> things people say for potential episode titles. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's start with let's go in reverse order. Alex, me, and what have you been playing this week? Uh, let's think. What have I been playing? Um, obviously, Scythe. <laughs> you sound so begrudging like, now. Sadly, uh, resigned blah, blah, yourself blah. to life. This Sife, is your Sife, life Sife. now. Oh. This yeah. is your scythe. <laughs> this is your scythe. Yeah, so that's got that out of the way. Um, <laughs> How was it? Did you win? We need no, more. Me and we need more. Win. You you keep telling us that the crowd are desperate for your scythe updates. <laughs> Oh, that one fan you asked. <laughs> well, there you go. Look, I've got it out of the way. <laughs> we don't need to discuss it anymore. Um, uh, I've also been playing Bullet, which I believe we discussed on the podcast last week. We have discussed it a few times, but the, the Kickstarter is now live as well. And we, because I was playing Bullet with you, we tried a different mode from the usual Bullet mode. Mm, which I co-op mode. Yeah. Uh, which was very easy. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird. So for, for folks who maybe haven't listened to previous episodes, like Bullet is a, it's like a, it's a shoot 'em up as a board game, but it's more like, um, it's like a kind of puzzly game. Or a, a shmup, as the kids yes, call it. Yes, a shmup. Shmup. 
But um, there is, by the time you listen to this, I almost said read this, it's because I've spent too much of my life in words. By the time you listen to this, uh, there'll be a, a Let's Play up on the on youtube.com slash dicebreaker mm. with Alex Meehan and Johnny playing Bullet. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, but the co-op mode is alright. Um, you play against one of the characters and they have like a special ability and you have to basically just load bullets on them. And we did it, yeah. Yeah, we did it very handily, as you say. Like It was kind of like one of those things of like, oh, I wonder how hard this is going to be. And it was like, oh, mm. yep, I guess we did that. <laughs> you can uh, really hear the passion for this game in your guys' voices. <laughs> <laughs> it no, Matt like loves this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do like Bullet. I think it was just that thing of, as Alex and I were playing, it was kind of like, Oh, I really like the competitive mode of this. It was like I wonder what the like the co-op mode is like, and then it was just kind of like a oh, that was very easy. I yeah, think they're still balancing it. We should say it's still a prototype on tabletop sim. Mm, it was all right, but the competitive mode is better. Um, yeah, that's on Kickstarter right now, uh, and we also played Undaunted, the first one, Normandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was uh, it's an unusually slow deck building game I don't mean that as an insult I liked it uh, it's just like you have to really focus, it's not so much on obtaining new cards it's more just like using what you've got which makes sense because the available pool of cards you have access to isn't massive um, and it's more of an effort to get those cards but um yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I lost, because Matt Jarvis is a tactical mastermind. Um, but we should preface that, like, I've played, a, I've reviewed both of the norm, uh, the Undaunted games now, so I've played a lot of them, and this was, you were playing for the first time. So there was, you know, you were up against someone that had had multiple dozens of hours playing these. Pish and posh. You just, and you had just yeah. learnt it literally that day. <laughs> you, you absolutely... You absolutely sunk my battleship. <laughs> uh, for legal uh, reasons, we have to clarify there are no battleships in Undaunted Normandy. No, not that I know of. Uh, no, it was good. I really enjoyed it because I love deck building games and this was a deck building game with an extra element to it, which always fascinates me. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing the sequel Undaunted North Africa that you've talked about quite a bit. On, in the past, haven't you, Mr. Jarvis? Yes, and there's a review on the site. And um, in that review, I kind of say that I think I prefer it to Normandy. Normandy is really fantastic. Like, it's a, it's a great game by itself. But I think North Africa just pushes it that little bit extra. Mm. And uh, the last thing that I played was Hell, The Last Saga, uh, which we all played. Uh, did you play Lonies? No. No. I was um, neither, there. so I don't know why he said all. <laughs> <laughs> all two of us. It was it was all of us who were present that day. Look, it was everyone were... except for the blonde kids. Everyone, <laughs> shut up, ladies. Everyone who played hell played hell. <laughs> Look, I've 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 you know been chastised in the past for getting people, and now I'm being chastised for thinking that everyone was there when they're not. So frankly, I can't win, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it was me, Matt, and Johnny played it uh, with someone from the publisher whose name 
Sam Healy. Name, I can't. Yeah, Sam was there, but I can't. Formerly remember of Dice Tower, now of Mythic Games. Mythic Games, that's the one. Uh, and yeah, it was good. Um, I'm not a huge fan of just straight up miniatures. Move the miniatures to their attack something game, but uh, the story elements were fun, and the I like the setting and the art was cool and. Um, we managed to get through the whole scenario. Apparently, well, at least then we were the best team to do it. So, cool. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, it was good. And it's spelled Hell H E L, right? Yeah. Just like my character's name in the Breakfast Club. Yeah, well, yeah I think she'd fit in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come with you. Although they spell it in all caps. I don't know. I'm not up on my Norse mythology or history so i don't actually know what hell um if it's if it's a specific thing yeah let's, she's... let's go over to wheels mm. <laughs> the expert <laughs> hi it's wheels here in the in the, in the, the chopper place of, of the north of scandinavia and i'm here to talk to hell <laughs> she's the norse god of death oh hell. oh of course right. oh, yeah i've seen loki loki's daughter uh and she's not happy. It's like <laughs> half of her is all manky, and like the rest of her is fine. I don't think she's oh. outright like a antagonistic figure, not like mm. sexy Kate Blanchett. But um, I I think that she's obviously represents death. It's all like horror and darkness, and you can have like characters with Norse religious ties in that game as well as like two other religions um but yeah it was it was interesting we have a video of that playthrough up do we not we do hmm. uh so folks can go check it out i think it's on kickstarter at the moment um but yeah it was those games you know they are they're kind of it is much of a muchness at some point it's like a lot of miniatures you move between tiles and you roll dice to do stuff mm. but hey it seemed seemed all right yeah uh Wheels, what Hello. have you been playing, friend? Uh, very little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've mainly been playing Subnautica because I got back into that. Um, but I have. Wait, been... what? What have you been playing? It's a video game. Don't worry. That's why. Video I... game. I know. I brushed over. It. <gasps> what do you think this is? The sorry. Gamer podcast. Please get out of here. <laughs> Don't make a pariah of me. I beg you. Um, I have been running a new Blaze in the Dark campaign though, which is very cool. Um, so. I've been like rereading all of the book of that and just remembering how cool Dust Bowl is. Um, but also just uh, I was reading up on the sort of Forged in the Dark stuff because I didn't realise that the and this is where um, Band of Blades I think it's called, which we did a, a review of uh, Johnny did a review of on the on the YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, the the core mechanics of Blades of the Dark are open source or rather they're Creative Commons. So. Um, you can call a game forged in the dark and just completely create your own setting and, and like mechanics on top of it and uh, do stuff with that, which is pretty cool. So we're reading up on that, which is pretty interesting. But apart from that, not a whole lot of gaming, unfortunately. Nice. I've had a week off, so I've just been sitting around in my pants playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, Lolies. Traitor. What have you um, been playing? I have been playing two games. Two? A lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two games and they're both roll and writes one of them is quinto which is probably my favorite roll and write and i'm running out of 
No, no. It's not the two that you keep bringing on plane journeys. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, Quinto, I'm actually running out of sheets, um, so I am trying not to play it so much because, like, you can print them out, but I don't have a printer, and obviously we're not going to the office, so I have no access to a printer. So I'm like, oh, if I run out of sheets, I can't play it anymore. That is a weird Um, thing, though. Like, I keep seeing, like, oh, you know, print and play your own games. It's like, I don't own a printer. (laughs) Does anyone own a printer? It's... It's very painful right now. I even like so I'm moving house in a week's time, and I even messaged the, the girl because I'm I'm gonna have a roommate in the new place, and I was like, "Do you have a printer by any chance?" And she was like, "No." And I was like, "You're a teacher, surely you have a printer." <laughs> I suppose she would use the printer. No, I'm sorry, we can't live together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Uh, no, and the other one. <laughs> yeah, the other roll and write is Yahtzee, the classic oh uh, roll and write game. Which, um, I yeah, I've been playing a lot. I've got plenty of sheets of that. So, you know, and even if you don't, if you're not a sheets, you can just make those quite easily. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of roll and write. It's, it's, I, love, I love dice. I love writing. Uh, <laughs> this is times. like a really bizarre QVC advert. I love <laughs> dice. I love writing. <laughs> You'll love roll and writes. <laughs> Max Headroom. Yeah. <laughs> It's been like it's been um, because I guess because I'm packing and pack I've packed away pretty much like all of my board games and um, just like it's just been games that I can like play over 15 minutes like while we're sat outside or something just nice and easy mm. keeping it chill. Fair enough. I think like I'm surprised more roll and rights don't just like come with a laminated, you know, like five mm. laminated sheets rather than a stack of a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, but it's it's margins at the end of the day, isn't Because yeah. they they're quite cheap then as well, um, and that's because they are made of paper. Yeah, <laughs> I like. Uh, I think there's a new the new Railroad Ink at the moment is on Kickstarter, but um, that was a game that I really liked, and that comes with little foldable sheets that fold up, so they're like tiny little whiteboards that you draw your train tracks on. Uh, it's a really good, really good game, uh, and uh, it's worth saying. I so I've been playing a few roll and rights as well but i uh i think corinth which is a game i really like that's a print and play but that's a good one. one of the things that you can do with like the pdfs is do the if you use the drawing tool you can just draw on the sheets oh, of course yeah on your computer it's a little bit oh. fiddly because you're trying to draw with a mouse it's kind of yeah. like or you can type a, yeah it's kind of like doing a digital character sheet isn't it it's like yeah yeah cool. it was uh we were playing deadlands it was actually well we were playing deadlands for the uh site uh, the other day and I needed to take fatigue um, and I immediately forgot how to do that in a PDF and so first of all I highlighted the number then thought I'm not going to be able to see that so then I tried to click on the button that I thought was draw a like draw with a pen but it was in fact sign, sign my name yeah. so then I had to try you just so sign your name of the bits <laughs> It was like, you know, um, like in Nando's or like reward cards where they stamp it or sign it off. And it's like, oh, right, I've gained a, a reward point in Deadlands. Oh, um, I, I only got a two, guys. Wow, that's pretty low. <laughs> Aren't you rolling like D12s? Yeah, but I've got three Matt Jarvises at the moment, so I'm kind of screwed. One Matt Jarvises is more than enough. <laughs> uh i have uh i think most of what i've been playing has been covered by you all i've played a bit of bullet which i still really like i really really like that game um i've played a bit of undaunted i've played a bit of hell uh i've played more crokinole 
Um, the crocodile noise. Um, Cute air horns. Yeah. Because my my wife is a teacher, so she's actually filming videos for the kids at school, and one of the videos we filmed was on crocodile. So Sounds hopefully cute. spreading the good word of Crokinole mm. um, and getting more folks into it. Also, it was an excuse to play Crokinole because it's yeah. maybe the greatest game ever made. So but, then uh, their parents can fork <laughs> out like 200 quid at Christmas yeah, to yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a class of, you know, 30 children all asking for Crokinole. Yeah, it's you hard. know what? That is the future I want. Imagine <laughs> You know what? No more maths, no more English, no more history. No more science, just crocodile. That's all. <laughs> all they're going to be Live, learning laugh, now. Crocodile. You've got your uh, you've got your basic edition from the the scoring at the end. <laughs> it's got yeah. educational purposes. And you could take up woodworking. That's yeah. what we need. Is this is how to encourage kids to get into What's practical the, um, skills such as woodworking? What do they call it in school? Resistant materials or something like that. Oh, like graphic design, product design. I think resistant materials is like a science, isn't it? It's all. No, I think resistant materials was working with wood uh, and plastic and stuff or at least that's what it was in high school my school was in special measures so let's not take mine as a <laughs> I guess like kids nowadays get things like kids nowadays <laughs> get things like get 3D, 3D Gen X. which to be honest like if, if they had 3D printers at school when I was at school that would have been pretty rad mm. just like print miniatures print all sorts it's um, great well I said Gen X when I meant Gen Z oops Gen right. A now, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> How are they going to complain? Postal mail. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Anyway. Oh, quick, before we all wither away. Let's, let's crack on. I'm already withering away, mate. Uh, let's go on to news, because there's quite a lot of news. Um, particularly, uh, there's two... Well, there's two very big bits of news that are related, and then another big bit of news. The two big bits of news that are related... Ah, Essen Spiel is cancelled mm. and Gen Con is cancelled. So mm. arguably the two biggest board game tabletop com- tabletop gaming conventions in the world um, will not take place this year um, due to COVID-19 and the health concerns obviously around that and around large gatherings. So um, Essen takes place in October in Germany. Um, is very much the kind of epicentre of a lot of board game releases. There's like mm. thousands um, that come out there every year and Gen Con over in the US uh, which was started, I, they think they said in their announcement it's the first time since it was founded in 1968 by uh, Gary Gygax of Dungeons and Dragons fame really? that it hasn't taken place so mm. in 52 years or 51 years it, uh, it's the first time it's been cancelled <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah which is obviously you know everything at the moment you know hope everyone's staying safe and like really feel for those affected by this it's not an easy time for those working in events or depending on events um as a lot of kind of smaller creators do to kind of get the word out there about what they're making and to to show off what they've got um so you know everyone is you know doing as best they can in this situation um on the the slightly bright side so as is as is the norm at the moment uh in place of both essen and gen con are two digital events spiel.digital um which hilariously when they announced it they said go to our website spiel.digital and then it was a, a holding a GoDaddy holding page for the domain name spiel.digital um which they then had to reply to a load of people going uh do you even own this website and they said yes we do own it we just haven't done anything with it yet 
thing. Okay. We were joking about <laughs> buying the domain. <laughs> Just, yeah, it's bizarre. And then um, Gen Con Online, which is a much more kind of straightforward title. So they join... So Gen Con, they both take will take place during the original dates of Essen and Gen Con, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe the the end of October for Spiel Dot Digital, and um, the end of July, beginning of August for Gen Con Online. Um, they join Virtually Expo, which is the UK Games Expo digital event, and Origins Online, which is the Origins Game Fair digital event. Oh God! And. <laughs> Like, there's Come On Virtual Expo and Renegade Virtual Con, and it's a. There are a lot of events now taking place in the tabletop world, but they are all online, and they all have slightly different kind of offerings of, hey, come play games on Tabletopia or Tabletop Sim or what have you. Um, so, you know, folks are making do in the current situation, um, but in terms of, well, at least until kind of September time the summer particularly all the the notable kind of big tabletop events are are now gone which is a very strange situation to be in although no stranger than the rest of yeah. everything at the moment this year is cancelled <laughs> oh, <God. Jeez. laughs> it is though officially the... I think all the events that I was gonna go to or thinking about going to are just not happening so Mm. This year it just doesn't doesn't even exist anymore, does it? Well, that's why we're here to really yeah to bring the feel good spirit to, <laughs> to pick up people's spirits and r- remind them that you know things are hard right now, but as long as we have each other, then that's yeah, all that matters. Let's hang out. Let's hang out, guys. Let's all Everybody, go pick some all of you at home. Yeah. In brighter news. The Spieldiars <laughs> nominations for this year have been announced. So uh, Spieldiars, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get onto your hot writer. takes in a second, Lonely. But for for those who aren't um, necessarily familiar with the Spieldiars, it's kind of the probably the most notable prestigious board game award around. It's been going since 1978, something like that. Um, and most of the big biggest games that have come out, so Catan, Carcassonne, Ticket to Ride have picked it up in years previous and it's generally considered to be a it's it generally focuses on family kind of games um so there is also the kenner spieldiars which is kind of like the connoisseurs or expert game which is slightly heavier and then there's the kinderspiel which is the children's game of the year um so between the three of them they kind of pick out the best kids game the best or supposedly the best kids game the best family kind of board game and the best expert quote expert board game but they uh, sometimes they have interesting picks, as our Spielberg Yards correspondent Alex Lowley's will now. <laughs> Alex Lowley's is well, in the hot take chopper right now. Well, I know that pictures is it called pictures is on the uh, not the kind of the the Spielberg list, and I am disgusted. Is that oh, such oh a my right? God, that's a very strong word. <laughs> that, that's it's very quite a strong. It's a mundane game. Like, I don't think it's, it's bad. It's, yeah. it's just like. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not, not like worth, of the year material. <laughs> it's not worthy to be in the the, the shortlisted. What is like three games that are shortlisted, right? It's, I don't think it's worthy of being that high up. Like I saw some of the games that came out um, that kind of got recommend. Uh, is it not? Yeah, recommendations. Mm-hmm. 
So they were like obviously in the running, but kind of fell short of even the shortlist. Um, and even out of those games, like I think there was stronger contenders than pictures. Yeah. So um, uh, if you like, I'll go. The, I'll go the through the them one, quickly yeah. now, and then yeah. we can spill the spill the tea. On then them. Every, spill, every spill title, the tea. Spill the tea. <laughs> every title that you read out, Lolis will just go crap. So. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I think overall it's all right, but I have more to say about this. But I will let yes. Matt continue. Yeah, just so to, to fill in the audience, uh, yeah. the three um, nominations for the 2020 Spiel des Jahres, which I'm sorry I mispronounce it, I because uh, it's Jahres, right? Because it's it's Game of the Year, mm-hmm. I think is what it translates to. Um, so there's My City, which is not a great title, uh, but that's by Rainer Knizia, yeah, um, of. Several Everything. hundred board games fame. Um, I think he is he's incredibly prolific. He's done things such as the Lord of the Rings carp game, Lost Cities, uh, Tigris and Euphrates. He's made a lot of games. I think he's been nominated for the Spodiaris uh, like a dozen times, but he's only won once. Um, oh, which it's was like for, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> which is for, it was for Celtis in two thousand eight, which is not, in my opinion, not among his best games and i think well i mean if we're following on from that metaphor that i've just uh shoehorned in then um you know the the oscar that leo eventually won wasn't for the best film we'd ever done it was more of a combination i think <laughs> true yeah <laughs> just like yeah we'll go, give this he this needs one <laughs> fob you off for another 20 years um so joining my city so my city is like a it's a legacy board game i think but you are building a city um nova luna by uve rosenberg uh, and Corneid Van Morsel, I'm so sorry for butchering these names, Juve uh, Rosenberg of Agricola and Patchwork and whatnot, um, a lot Big of tile fan. layers. Um, mm, so Nova Luna is, is a novel tile layer where it's based on the phases of the moon um, and you have different objectives depending on we what phase We tried to play it. Yeah, we saw that at PAX, PAX Unplugged. Um, but our, we were very tired East, though. Maybe, but yeah, our brains were like so fried at that point. Like, we were just looking at all the iconography and we just went, oh, God. <laughs> I don't think it's even that complicated a game. I think we were just so gone. Mm. And then finally is Pictures uh, by Daniela and Christian mm. Stur. <laughs> don't um, do it. <laughs> I was I was watching and you wanted me to. So, so those, those are the three front runners. So those are those are the three from which the eventual winner will be picked in in July. And then the Spieljahres also recommends games. What they call recommend. So it's kind of like your. Uh, I was going to say participation prize. That's a that's a bit harsh. It came out, prize. but they it's basically they're they're not in the running for the main prize, but they've been rec- recognised as being pretty good. Um, so they recommended Colorbrain. Um, Draftosaurus, The Fox in the Forest, Kitchen Rush, Little Town, and Spicy. Some of those came out a few years ago, but uh, the Spiegelhaus, being a German prize, bases its categories on when they came out in German language. So, right, Lolis, unleash. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So, I mean, out of those three shortlisted titles, I have only played Pictures, which, as you know, not a fan. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Nova Luna, I don't know enough about to say anything concrete about it, but I do love Uwe Rosenberg's games in general. Um, I love Patrick. I love uh, Cottage Cottage Garden. Yes, yeah. I've um, I I own that one. I don't know why that's the one title I can think. Of. But um, I just yeah, I really enjoy his games. Um, what was the other one again? Uh, My City oh. by Ronnie Knizia. Oh, My City. Well, you see, that's probably yeah. that's. I know nothing about that. I even like gave it a quick Google earlier just to have a have a quick look at it. But 
Yeah, I really I have no opinion on it. I know it's Rainer Knizia who has made some excellent games in the past, but he's also made some duds. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens when you make four hundred million games. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. It's it's very hit, hit or miss. So this could be really really cool, or this could be absolute naff. Um, I won't know until I play it. I guess it's a competitive but... legacy game, apparently, in which you develop mm. a city on your own playing board through the ages. I mean, it doesn't sound too dissimilar from something like Charterstone, which was kind of like build up a village competitively. Mm. Also, it's a legacy game. But I ha- yeah. again, I haven't played it. I think there's more of a tile-laying element but here. Th- I think there is something to be said about the fact that like, like sometimes you'll think, wow, there's some really good games that came out this year, and then just ones that you've literally never heard of just get popped on the list. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> I think we'll particularly get to that in the Kenneth Builder years. But I'd, I'd say... Um, like the recommendations, some of the recommendations, I think, are almost more interesting. I haven't... Oh, to give a disclaimer, I have not played uh, any of the three nominees this year. Um, but I was surprised that like Kitchen Rush, I think, is a really interesting like real time mm. game. It's a bit like Overcooked, but as a board game where you're flipping timers and racing around. Um, I've not played it, but I heard a lot of people talking about yeah, it. It's, it's ugly as sin. House, but house it's... And... Oh god, yeah, it's the most disgusting <laughs> graphic design I've ever seen. But actually, to be fair. Uh, keep that in mind because I felt like I saw a question about like ugly games that you really yeah, like. There, there is a new edition of it coming which looks much better. But yeah, it was it's a really great game in a really, really ugly shell. Um mm. and Fox in the Forest, although it's just kind of whist, the playing card game, uh is is a really nice little card game. Mm. So I was just kind of surprised that there were a few uh Colorbrain as well. Uh, we should give a disclaimer that Lolis used to work for Big Potato, um which publishes Colorbrain. Um but I, who did not used to work for Big Potato, will say that like it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Like you, it's a basically a trivia game where you answer with colors. So it's like there are Disney mm. versions and stuff. So it's like what colors are in the Union flag? It's like okay, red, white, blah 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 blah, and you'll get a point for each correct one. Um, and it gets kind of inventive. So there's yeah, looking at my city, which is a legacy tile layer. Uh, Nova Luna, which is about tile laying, and then pictures, which doesn't sound all that interesting. I was just mm. a little surprised, but uh... yeah, yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's been very weak the last few years. Um, like when you think about winners from you know, like was it two thousand eight or something that Camelop won? Like, do, do, like games like that, it makes sense. Like they're fun priority games, but they've got a lot they've got something to them whereas like pictures i just <sighs> yeah there must it... be something better i'm sorry but there must even like even if you just think about like games that came out in the german market this year like there just has to be better stuff do you that. think it's because the nominations haven't been great or because the selection of board games hasn't been as good uh camel up one in 2014 just to, 14, okay. Sorry, just to, to just no, to, just a well actually use straight up during this podcast. I'm sorry, but um, I did think it was more recent than for? that. But yeah, what is the selection process for the uh, It's so it? I believe it's a jury. Um, so there's this bit of Yara's jury, and I I'm not intimate with the selection process, but I think it they maybe they receive nominations and they can also pick some. I I think publishers can submit theirs as with most I think, awards. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Because, because usually there's a usually there's a good selection of different types of board games chosen, isn't there? It's not like a there's a specific type of board game they often go for. Like the 
you know, different loads of different kinds of board games have won in the past. But like the free selections that they've chosen for the main award this year, we've got what two tile laying games, and I'm not sure what pictures is. I know more about the other two games, but it's, it's basically like you get a separate handful of materials so one might be sort of like little pixely kind of cubes one might be twigs one might be stones one might be building blocks yeah and then you have to like just kind of it's it reminds me of the the two bits of string from paranormal detectives you know you have the Mm. white and the black bit of wire that you have to form into a picture basically doing that but you're mimicking one of one of like i don't know 16 pictures that's on the so free again obviously there's massive differences in terms of the mechanics involved but free tile laying games that are you know i've heard of my city i've heard of nova luna i hadn't heard of pictures uh have been selected when it just feels like there are other board games maybe it's just from our perspective and again i'm not 100 percent sure of the time frame between what comes out in english and what comes out in german but uh, it just kind of feels like a lot of you know, big selections that we would think of for the top of our head have just been kind of passed over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's There's... it's a bit odd. And kind of on on that note, um, so like moving on to the Kenish Builder Yaris, which again is kind of like connoisseurs, experts, game of the yep. year. Um, so it's the Builder Yaris where it's like a family weight. Apparently, mm-hmm. um, the Kenish Builder is kind of meant to be a more complex slightly Mm. heavier but even it never gets that heavy Mm. there's nothing you know super kind of beyond the pale on here but uh the the nominations are cartographer is a role player tale um the crew by thomas singh and the king's dilemma by helma huck and lorenzo silva and why is the crew on this list? That's, the so crew that's, feels what? like it's the other list. The crew seems a perfect fit for the previous... Yeah! That's, <laughs> yeah, so that's the point I was going to make, is that I think sometimes the lines blurs and you look at the Kennishfield ERs and think... Because uh, I think it was won last year by Wingspan, and Wingspan, it's slightly yeah. heavier than, yeah. you know, than some games, but it's not really, really kind of complex brain-burning. And no. yet... I compared I to the no, I, like, uh, I, like no, I understand fits. wings. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Actually, I think it. I can see it in that group. Like, in like comparison again, to Camel Up. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Again, this disclaimer: I haven't played Wingspan, but I've written about it so much that I might as well have. <laughs> um, uh, I can see that making sense, but the crew. Like having actually played that game, like what? Like that's it's the kind of game really, yeah. I might introduce to my family, and they have absolutely and no also, clue. Fox in the Forest is like a pretty similar vibe, and it's on yeah. the list, but as a recommendation, right? Uh, yeah. That was for the Spirit of uh Fox yeah. in the Forest. Uh, uh, so the recommendations for Kenish Bill were Paladins of the West Kingdom, which again, yeah, yeah. like I guess maybe it's just an yeah. like a subjective thing, but it's not a super complex game. By any I, means, I can see that though. No, I can see that fitting. Res Arcana. It's, it's more. It's more complex than family. Is like the yeah, main no. yeah. I would see the crew as more of a family kind of level. I guess it's. But it's I think. I think we don't have. Like we we still have yet to sort of collectively work out the proper language for this kind of yeah. stuff, and it's like, it's difficult to categorize very easily. 
like when people say, "Oh, it's a strategy game," so like, what the hell does that actually mean? Yeah, like, like if you almost look at every all game of the different strategy. types of strategy, like but yeah. yeah, I guess it gets messy as well because if you look back across the Spieljahres, like over forty odd years, there are games in there that I would say that have won the Spieljahres that are equally as complex as something like Wingspan, which is mm. it's more complex than just one, which won last year. It's more complex than the Crew, but I wouldn't call it a like a complex game compared to like compared to something like Twilight Imperium or you yeah. know those games I would say are you know really heavy Wingspan I would say it requires a little bit more but you could still teach it to a family you could still introduce oh, it to them Good luck my friend yeah. well, maybe, <laughs> with but... my family mate You're too deep mate you've played too many train games you've, you've lost all perspective on what what a normal board game looks like <laughs> He's gone too deep into the train game <laughs> But uh, <laughs> Time for uh, the train the, game segment. Well, I mean, well, a ticket to ride one in 2004, I think you'll find. So, train <laughs> games are. Uh, uh, but the other um, recommendations alongside Paladins were Res Arcana, which is the new game from Race for the Galaxy, uh, Tom Lehman, yep. and Underwater Cities, which is heavy. Um, okay. Which, it, that is a real weighty game. That's what I mean in terms of like the crew versus underwater cities yeah. is two that those are two ends of a wide yeah, spectrum yeah but the crew should 100% be in spiel not kind of spiel yeah. like res arcana again i can see that working there like i again having not played it but i've heard that it's quite bulky um yeah like that uh, underwater cities yes. uh and yeah king's dilemma even um Raiders, Paladins. Uh, Paladins. Why Arc. am I getting mixed up with? <laughs> See, I'm getting mixed up with the new game in the trilogy Raiders of that the trilogy. Sea. That's from the old trilogy. That's the old trilogy, my yeah. friend. So uh, Paladins of... is the middle one. There's Architects, Paladins, and Viscounts, and then Viscounts. the North Sea trilogy. Why am I getting? Why am I getting mixed up with Raiders of um, Sifia? Is it Sifia? I, North I... Sea Raiders of the North Sea. <laughs> Uh, ignore me. I'm just being oh, an idiot. Okay. Um, yeah. No. Paladins of the West Kingdom. <laughs> this is what. This is this what happens. Is, this right, is the problem when you, when you release like eight games of the same naming convention. <laughs> this is this is what happens when you have to write news about board games because your brain essentially just becomes like a a library of board game titles and formed information <laughs> yeah i'm trying to sift through it and anyway enough about that um yeah no that's a very strange choice tell us about the, the kids the kids games. yeah we'll kind of whiz through these so the kids the kids games do tend to veer towards the very light uh last year's winner was um gosh what's it called another name vikings vikings Ba- it's the Valley of the game. Vikings. Valley of the Vikings. Yay! Oh, you love that game. game. Yeah, yeah, so I was going to say, you've played it. It's Haber, mate. It's, it's probably going to be good. Most I of the time that. it's good. Yeah, so right. this year's nominations for Kinderspiel de Yara's were Hedgehog Roll, Photo Fish, and uh, this, it, this title is in German, so I'm so sorry. Uh, Wir sind die Roboter. Wir sind die Roboter. Thank you, which means we are the robots. Roboter, yeah. Um, um, I've heard of Hedgehog Roll. And uh, it seems fun. I know that, again, as much as kids' games are talked about, uh, it's been talked about at least a bit. Like, I think it was nominated for the Origins Awards, baby? Possibly. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. Which were, frankly, also actually (laughs) much worse than than the (laughs) Spiel de Yards. Like, 
uh, the Origins Game Awards choices were just absolutely baffling and a huge list of games, um, some of which I'd never even vaguely heard of. Um, you know, this kind of thing can be debated all day, frankly. Yeah. Uh, but there we go. So um, next month they'll announce the Kinderspiel, and then a month after that, uh, on July the twentieth, they will announce the winners of the Spiel and Kinderspiel. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they pick. But I think it's not a super exciting. Or at least mm. it's there are some good games in there. The Crew, the King's Dilemma. You know, there's there's yep. decent games in there. But it's sometimes just that thing of well, why is that in that category? And okay. guys, yeah. I'm gonna ask quickly. What would you pick for the main award, the Spill DRs? Oh, you can't just drop that. Like, oh, <laughs> God. See, I've got I'm an answer. Ke- for the Kennespeer. For the Kennespeer. Uh, the main award, the Tapestry. <laughs> Shut up, lady. I think. Um, it's twice <laughs> about to say that now. Uh, I think with Spill DRs, like, not even from my own like opinion of it, but I, I thought like Wavelength would have been higher up there as something that's mm. like. Yeah, really no, like set the world alight mm. kind of thing. Where... Coming off of just one last year, it's very much in the same. Yeah, yeah, but just vein. one. Oh, I, I saw you so like one. waiting to, to. I was like, oh, someone's put a quid in lowlies. Is someone? <laughs> <laughs> just one got mentioned. Just one. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's not. It's not a. It's not a winner. Yeah, You're saying you, you, you would not have a banger on that, mate. <laughs> I I would play it, but I wouldn't give it an award. Like, there's just... Like, Letter Jam? Would Letter Jam not have... Letter Jam's pretty good. Yeah, I feel Letter like Jam's Letter really Jam's cool. even better. Again, like, Letter Jam is not like... I'm not all that about Letter Jam, but I think Letter Jam is better than just one. Mm. It's at least Where more... It? it feels like it's pushing... Like, it does something slightly more yeah. original. Like, just one is fine, but like you say, it's, it's just Basic. kind of like... Yeah. It's like yeah. It's very um basic. It's one of those B games. <laughs> it's just one <laughs> of those. I knew she was gonna say that. <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> what I would think... you pick, Loli? So what would you have a bang on? Uh, unless somebody else, I need to think about actual games that came out in the last year Sorry. that I really like. I think we're all we're all on the same note here. We need to start the have a bang on that awards. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the dicebreaker award. Oh and then God, the, yeah, the jingle is just cool. Have a bang on that. <laughs> Get Sean Bean to host it. <laughs> what about you, Matt Jarvis? What would you pick? I haven't played the three nominees, so I can't really pick between them because I can't give a full kind of opinion. I think, I don't know, like Kitchen Rush of that list is more exciting to me. I'm saying screw the list. What would <gasps> you pick? <laughs> well, well I'd, I would guess that like, I think Undaunted is kind of an overlooked mm. one, actually, because I think... It might be too heavy for the Spildiaras. It That might be more of a Kenner spiel. But I think, again, it's a deck builder, which is it's kind of been and done. Dominion won, like, 2012. Um, yeah, 2012. Yeah, but Dominion... But it does something new with the deck building thing. I think it blends it together really well. Like, Undaunted yeah. feels fresh, even though it's kind of using familiar parts. Um, so I'd much rather see something like that nominated. I don't know if it's out in German, so it might not even be eligible. Um, yeah. That's the, leave, the tricky thing, but you leave Dominion alone, Loli. It's an old man. It's this, taught this us is a now, lot. <laughs> this is the now that Alex takes a dump on board games podcast. Apparently so. <laughs> Just hostile, ruthless negativity from your. It's opinion. a classic. <laughs> it's because all we're talking about are. It's like I've passed you the baton. Mediocre games. <laughs> yeah. today. Um, 
I would pick Detective Club. There you go. It's my favourite game of last year. I love that game so much. The more I think about it, the more I like it. It's just like they take dicks it. They look at Mysterium and go, that was really good. And they go, let's do Mysterium, but better. Yeah, I said it. I think Detective Club is better than Mysterium. Oh, you're saying uh, that you wouldn't rather play that weird other one that they made, like Mysterium? I can't even remember the name. Oh, Obscurio. Obscurio. That was God. awful. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. No, I'm right. dumping on that. That was awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, okay. thinking of it, if we're saying the crew is, I think the crew is like a really yeah, good shout for Spillyaris. Really yeah, crew's a really yeah. good Spillyaris contender, I reckon. Or it should have been, rather. <laughs> yeah. Should have been. Because I think, actually, <laughs> the, the crew as Spildiaras and King's Dilemma as Kenneth Spildiaras yes. would, would yeah, certainly yeah. find. That would be yeah. something I'd look at and go, yeah, I can see that. Mm. Yes, me too. I was thinking the same thing. Also, uh, shout out but, to Point alas. Salad. Oh, point point salad. salad. But that came, that's, a, that's a couple of years old, I think. I point see salad. you, Point Salad, you cheeky little things out there. I don't care how it is. It's like 2017 There's or something. Banging well, Salad and then they're ills. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, all, all like I, I'm thinking about like some of my favorite games I've been playing in the, like the last year, but they're all either older or haven't come out yet. So yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, like I really enjoyed like Magnate the First City, which is I think oh, coming yeah. out. Uh, is that coming out this year or next year? I don't even know. Really enjoyed know. that. It was though. kickstarted, right? So it might be slightly up in the air at the moment. Anyway, yeah. Then like. I'm very excited for Frosthaven, but that's like next year. Um, I like, uh, but I would say Gloomhaven, but that's like years old. It won already, like all, all right? my faves. Hmm? Did I... Gloomhaven win the Spooniers? Uh, it would have won the Kennerspiel, I think. I can't yeah, remember if I'm it did sure win. It did. I uh, think it maybe got overlooked. I w- I'm uh, interested to look up the the Kennerspiel. Like, mm. how do how do I spell? This? I know. I think maybe it, it won in a K E N N E R. Oh, is it that simple? This okay. is thrilling podcast. Sorry, look things up on the internet. This is what our podcast is supposed to be about, me and <laughs> just looking stuff up. No. I don't think Gloomhaven won. Oh, it did not. Well, so I would, I would hope that Frosthaven would be up for nomination. The, the year oh, well, it I haven't came played out. it yet. Lolis, you'll, you'll be glad to know that 2018 was Quacks of Quedlinburg. Um, I know, I know that. Yeah, well, this X- is the thing. It's like Sky Broom Service Istanbul. Seven Wonders as a Kenneth feel? Well, that's like, the thing, right? It's like, no, that's nice. that feels light Seven enough wonders. to be a Spieldiaras. And No, no, I think that, that makes sense in Kenneth. That's but, not a Kenneth feel game to me. That's yeah, it is. A, this is the I've, ultimate hot debate, yeah. guys. Like, this is what the people tune in for every week. It's definitely the kind of game when people don't... Like, I think of it this way. Spieldiaras are games that... Like, gateway games. Family gateway games that you would like teach to people who don't really play board games. Can I spiel are games that like people who play board games? That's for them. I, I still think that's, like, seven that's how it works in my head. I think an absolute seven, beginner could play Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders. I card, have taught lots of times, having been a games guru, <laughs> and I would not say that that would be the best option for people. Speaking who don't as a mother, <laughs> speaking oh as somebody goodness. who has professional experience uh, in this area, Captain Sonar got snubbed as well. What? What a game. What, what was that? Sorry, was Captain Sonar got snubbed in twenty. Captain Sonar. The more I look a, at this, the more angry I'm getting. Don't, get, don't <laughs> look at it, Will. 2017, the year that I think Gloomhaven came out in 2017, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Officially, yeah. Kenneth was exit the game, which is a great game, but that feels like a Spieldiaras game. Yes. That is yes. just yes. answer some puzzles and cut up some pieces. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, there's, there's not there's even nothing. any real mechanics to learn. It's literally like doing a, a yeah. escape room. 
But I think like you look at Spiro Yaro, so 2018 Azul, great game. 2017 yeah, yeah, King Domino, slaps. fine. Like yeah, 2016 Code Names, Colt Express, Camel Up, Hanabi. Those are oh, all Colt Express, you know, Stone Cold classics at if this point. If there's anything I want to have a bang on, it's that. <laughs> that, I love Cold Express. That game just does it for me, man. Exit also won over um, not only Captain Sonar, but also Great Western Trail, The Grizzled, <gasps> Terraforming Mars, Raiders of the North Sea. Oh! Yeah, like, like, yeah. those are Kennespiel games. Yeah. Like, ter- you look at Terraforming Mars on the one hand, like a That's heavy. That's a chunk. That's yeah, a chunk like a real boy. heavy yeah. kind of game. And then you look at Exit the Game which you can play in an hour and just open it and go. It's no you know more complicated than an escape room. It's, yeah. I think the new, the new, like, how you judge a kind of spiel game is, can you kill someone by dropping it on them? <laughs> in which case, if Gloomhaven no, wins every year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you can't... That way they'll just make heavier and heavier games. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> well, that's kind of, that's well, Kickstarter, right? It's just pack them full of miniatures. <laughs> they put Gangshan well, no, Clever as a that. tennis field as well. <laughs> yeah. What? Gangshan Clever? Are you serious? That's a spiel, if anything. 2016 yeah. Pandemic Legacy Season 1 lost out to Isle of Sky. It's, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> Blimey, let's... They, <laughs> so they later gave, I think, Pandemic Legacy... A like a special award they basically made up on the spot to be like oh we should have given this an award so they gave it an award I think last year or the year before that was kind of like a special recognition award it oh was almost God. like a oops the so, snub award sorry yeah. lads we, we messed up we, we did actually want to have a bang on that. but if you think about it like I don't know much about this stuff but like like isn't isn't this a very similar debate as you would have in like the Oscars is yeah. Like, I, I, always... This is this is very similar vibes to how I feel about things like the Grammys, where it's like, how the hell? <laughs> I think yeah. it's weirder here because the awards aren't—they're not big enough to feel like something like the yeah. Oscars, where it's like mm. playing to a very mainstream, like you know, it's just weird old white men voting. So it's like. <laughs> Like the, the, I'm sure that's the also the thing. case for this one. To be fair, <laughs> who's, on, who's, who's on the panel for the Spielerzian? What are their addresses? <laughs> <laughs> I need to get me some horse heads out. Oh my goodness! <laughs> just Great Western Trail. You're just cutting the horse heads out of the cover art for Great Western this, Trail. Yes, it's people, a message to the, the panel like, of the Spielerzian. Lolis will fight you. <laughs> it's one in the horse meeple heads that I gotta send in the post. <laughs> Oh gosh! But yeah, we could we could argue about this all day. But yeah. um, it's it's cool that there are awards in board games. But I think there's definitely a feeling sometimes of they haven't necessarily kept up with the current state of board games as yeah. they are today. And I think I think you do really have to remember that it is relevant to what came out in Germany in a specific time frame, mm. like mm-hmm. in German language. Like it has to be translated into German. So like a lot of great games might not necessarily ever make it into German yeah, language or they'll come out like years later or whatever else. So mm. yeah, there's there is a few factors to consider. But I think once so. um once the have a bang on that awards are like yeah. properly established, <laughs> then there'll yeah. be a, a real um contender a real to the <laughs> Uh, right, okay. come on, Matt. Let's move on. Uh, just this crazy trade. Rounding out the news very quickly, uh, Cyberpunk Red has been delayed. Yes, uh, the upcoming RPG. Understanding, um, understandable, rather. Yeah, so it was it was planned <laughs> to come out in June, um, 
and they said <laughs> at the time they said it was kind of a kind of tentative date because you know that's the way things go they said hey if we need to polish it some more but it's been delayed because of the ongoing COVID-19 yeah. situation um, so Art Alsorian Games who are the publisher behind Cyberpunk Red have said they're aiming for the end of summer but basically they don't know um, if you want to watch our playthrough of that that is on the yes, YouTube channel with co-designer Cody Pondsmith exactly yeah. youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker search for the Cyberpunk Red Let's Play very, very good. Fun. Matt yeah, Jarvis is an absolute legend. In that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not that he always is, but you know. Like. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my first RPG I played with Matt Jarvis. Or it was I the first so. RPG I played for the for the channel. You never yeah. forget yes. that. And it you was, never forget it the was... first RPG you played with Matt Jarvis. <laughs> it was uh, it was something else. Pure yeah. chaos. I I didn't know. I I really didn't. I think I didn't know Matt until. I played that <laughs> game with him. And then I yeah. truly knew him. Wow. RPGs, there's something people need to know. RPGs transform Matt Jarvis into like a chaotic version of of himself. Shadow like, Matt Jarvis. So, yeah. so we, we had a discussion earlier um, and we like about what alignments everyone on the team would have. And we, we all agreed that Matt would be um, uh, lawful good. Right? Yeah. Lawful good in every way. Mm. But... Yeah. Once Matt Jarvis plays an RPG, it's <laughs> chaotic evil. Yeah. Chaotic, chaotic evil. Chaotic yeah. evil in the streets. Lawful good. Lawful <laughs> good in the streets. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna wear myself. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. This should it should absolutely be the other way around, by the way. You should be chaotic evil in the sheets because No, no, I like it. I like especially it we're talking way. character sheets as well. Oh, that's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, Obviously yeah. that was intended. Of course, yeah. No, this is a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, tell us about the news. Uh yeah, so just a quick note on the Subpunk Red uh, thing. The jump the jump start kit that we played with uh, last year is available now but it's kind of just like a basic set of rules and some pre-made characters so it's the full rule book that's been delayed um other than that there's there is news happening but those are kind of the big ones we spent a lot of time absolutely slamming the spill of yards um, so let's <laughs> quick very quick mention mm-hmm. uh i'm i'm still in hell uh monopoly hell oh, there's more monopoly there is godzilla, in fact more godzilla monopoly, monopoly. No, I what? Swear I it was Godzilla Jenga. Week. Yeah, that as well. Godzilla Jenga <laughs> is what I saw. Why is Godzilla so big all of a sudden? Well, he's, he's always been big, really mate. Big. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Matt were like, it was like a photo finish if you could tell that stupid joke first. <laughs> this is right. I have to say, look, okay, Baby Yoda Monopoly, whatever, right? Garbage Pail Kids Monopoly, whatever. Okay, fair enough. But like, is garbage God's... pill kids fair enough? That was not uh, the scent, like that was not the the feeling last week on this I podcast. Mean, I've had time to ruminate, and I just don't care enough. But like, Godzilla Monopoly, Godzilla destroys property. Why is he now playing the property market? This is completely <laughs> oh, because, because character. I think it's implied that he's buying all the properties. I'm no, looking for a really big house. It makes, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Because he's going to go around buying all the properties and he's going to destroy all his competitors. Oh, I'm properties. looking for a seaside property. <laughs> <laughs> How Look, is I, the view? <laughs> only thing that's winning me over about it is that Mothra is in it and that's literally it <laughs> but then I would just buy a Mothra like statue or token oh god I really oh want one of those god. like 
That's it. My rant is over. There you go. I have a quick thing to add to the okay. Monopoly thing, oh, right? Because you mentioned Monopoly Baby Yoda edition. And that made me think. <laughs> Tim the Goblin Monopoly. How cute would that be? I'm not I've, selling I've... my son into, <laughs> like, into cheap knockoffs, that, okay? That is, like, the ultimate sellout. Like having a monopoly branded after you. <laughs> hey, let's not speak too soon. Yeah, <laughs> this one day. I'm uh, not. We have no plans for any oh, monopoly. Matt, I should clarify that I am like jumping I've on any been a fan of monopoly. No, I've always been a fan of selling out. <laughs> We're all sellouts here. The, the first thing that asked me to um, get rid of my integrity, I'm you know jumping on it. <laughs> uh. How do you think he got this job? <laughs> oh my god! We are just so want to clarify. Much <laughs> uh, Legally, I have hell? to point out. Uh, okay, release releases. Getting us back on track. Re- What's that? I've been released from the company. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> releases are happening again. Board game releases. Yeah, uh, we got. Th- I I like looked at my email and saw the the Asmodee thing, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and then you saw the actual stuff, and it was like, oh, oh. <laughs> there's some interesting. <laughs> there's some interesting stuff. So, Forgotten Mortars, which we mentioned last week, the pirate board game from the makers of Dead of Winter, that's out now. Uh, yeah. Cosmic Encounter Duel, the two player version of the classic. Uh, Give us a copy. Yeah, yeah, it's sold out immediately. Um, so good luck finding it, but it is technically out. And Pandemic Hot Zone North America, um, which is the quick version of it, is apparently out like this week or very soon, um, according to. So we we are going by Asmodee UK, um, which is the UK distributor for a load of board games. The majority. Um, so yeah, there is a on the Pandemic uh, note. There is a print and play version of Pandemic Hot Zone North America. Uh, which you can now go find. Uh, we've got a story on the site, and it appears to be the entire game. You have to provide your own cubes and tokens and pawns, but it's otherwise that whole game. Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this game is Pandemic it's BYOC with your own cubes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's it's interesting to see things picking up um, after obviously several weeks of releases being. Uh, delayed by an amount of time if not indefinitely due to um the ongoing pandemic uh not the board game pandemic the actual pandemic um so yeah it it seems that things are picking back up again i think fancy flight over in the u.s is now doing releases again um so it appears there will be things creeping out here and there um although obviously you know support your friendly local game shops but there Mm -hmm. there may be several that are still not open um for health reasons so uh, it's worth bearing in mind. Let's do some questions yeah. uh, before we close this out. So, let's read. I've been so distracted by you lot. <laughs> uh, Have we got the ugly, ugly board games that you actually like? Question. Yeah, let's do that one. We, re- we referenced that earlier. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, that would make sense to do now. Um, I can't find the original thing. Oh, here we go. I- I'll read it. So it's from at Kyle the BR. And it says, is there a game you've avoided purely on its box and artwork that you've since come back to and found it to be amazing? Um, but also, let's go the other way and say, what's a really ugly board game that is otherwise, well, that you've just never played? Even I think we can flip it as well. Like, yeah. what, what's a really pretty board game that just that has nothing to it? <laughs> um, I mean, I will not start. <laughs> we mentioned Kitchen Rush earlier. Kitchen Rush yeah. is a really cool game, but it, it is really just not nice to look at like the boards are just a bit 
horrible. It's got the combined thing of the artwork is not nice and the component quality is not great. Mm. So it's not nice to touch or look at, uh, which in a game where you're constantly flipping kitchen timers and shifting bits around is not pleasant. Um, I'm trying to think of... There are there are quite a few games that just have kind of unpleasant artwork. I, I was really um, taken by Obscurio. I really liked the artwork in Obscurio. Mm, it's very pretty. Um, I, I think It's like, very pretty. And then we played it and I was like, this is dull as dishwater. I, I don't think get it. Mysterium is the same thing where it's got that beautiful art style. But at least that yeah, one's but it's good. It's fun a good to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holds up. Mm. It Holds up. This is the key difference, Wills. Lolies <laughs> would have a bang on that. This is the key difference here. <laughs> I tried having a bang on Obscurio and I was disappointed. It wasn't, it wasn't Completely easy. bangless. Yeah. <laughs> Bereft of bang. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, oh, I know a game. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but Can't Stop is, is, an, mm. is, a, is an older game. And because of that, it looks so bad it just looks it just looks very like 90s mm. um but it's so good i love yeah, it yeah it's good since you taught us slowly i have taught several people since because it's just very good fun yeah it is a really big game yeah. it's hard to get a hold of actually I'm, I'm very annoyed i bought um i bought a copy of it from my old company and i wish i just kept it because i can't get i can't get it now <laughs> i'd say i have three answers to this although technically i'm cheating because i have played all three of them because uh, I'm often someone who's very driven by, unlike I like th- a cover of a board game can really entice me uh, especially mm. back in the early days when I was young and ignorant I would just like look at a board game and be like, oh yeah, that's really good so um, Spartacus uh, Blood and Treachery I think it's called uh, the art style for that is horrible because it's basically just pictures from the series. I was about series. to say, any, any game that just uses like photographs from a film or but a But they're TV really show. bad. They're oh. really bad photographs. Like, one of the houses you can play as, the guy in it, no offence to him, but like the picture of that guy is just really awful. And uh, they all look like they're dead inside. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't care about any of these people. But the game itself is really clever, mm. and that's why I'm kind of glad that the new edition is coming out, because they've done the artwork from scratch, and now they're just like, you know what, we're actually going to make this look half decent. And the artwork is nice, so I'm really looking forward to that. Also, now you can actually get a hold of it, because mm. it's been out of print for years. Um, also, along those lines, Firefly the game. I like... <coughs> not Firefly. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) Thought that might be the case. Sorry, Battlestar Galactica the game. Again, I like Battlestar Galactica. The few episodes I've seen of it. Um, But again, just cookie cookie cutter from the show. And even then, the images aren't very good. Like, Edward James almost looks like he's made out of, like, clay in in his picture. Um, Really off-putting. Um... And also Shadow Hunters, which is a game I've talked about before. Um, that game, I love it so much. But the art style is really generic. Um, it's like anime manga style. Uh, and the women in it are like, oh dear. The, <laughs> the art for them is just not good. Uh, but the game itself is, is just excellent. It's such a shame. Um, one I would argue that looks really good and isn't good is Subterra. Oh, I don't like that game. It's it, not good. It's, it's really disappointing. 
yeah, and it seemed it seemed promising, right? Because it's yeah. kind of it's like Pandemic meets The Descent. Like mm. you're in caves, you're moving around, and then playing it was just kind of like it's just a bit dull. So boring. Like yeah. the the artwork for that game really enticed me because I really like horror games and like the name like Subterra. Oh, like it's like a play on you're underground, but also all spooky. But like, and the art style is nice, but the game itself is so disappointing. Though I've heard Subterra 2 is better. Uh, I've played a very brief demo of it, and it seems more interesting, but no, I can't speak to it more than that. I will say quickly on the on the games that look ugly but are good, I love Container. And Container is <laughs> Ooh, a I double like whammy there's... of... It's... Matt, there's, there's going to be a lot of games in your repertoire that are <laughs> very boring, ugly-looking games that you think are really good. You know, bud. <gasps> So Whoa. container, stay with Not me. Not good as back, y'all. Container <laughs> is a is a game about shipping containers. Ooh, baby, hold oh, me back. <laughs> um, he wants to have a bang on it so bad. And it's it's relatively like it's not well. It is pretty ugly. Um, the the boards are ugly, and then there's like. <laughs> The box weighs a ton because it's full of resin ships and resin shipping containers that you put on them. But the actual game is, it's brilliant. It is, it's really ingeniously designed where you are trading, stay with me, you are trading shipping containers with the other players around the table. So you're producing them and selling them. But the thing is that the entire like economy is driven by the players. So if you play it badly, you can end up genuinely just like screwed into a corner and unless someone helps you out, that's it. There's no way to get money from the bank because there is no bank. <laughs> There's just the money that floats around the table. But it's designed in a way where you have to keep trading with each other because you can't just profit off the containers you create, which I'm doing a bad job of explaining it, and it sounds very boring. But honestly, in when you're in the flow of it, because everyone is trading with each other, it's one of those things where there's so much interaction and you're like, look, you should trade with me because I need it and you need it. But then if if you just misjudge like where you've set the price of your containers or how many you've made, you can just end up basically tanking yourself. It's it's really good and I really I love it. In a similar vein, um Sidereal Confluence is getting a new edition as well, because that was like famously mm-hmm. horrendously ugly. <laughs> um I also uh have you guys played Cutthroat Cavern? Yes. I've the- heard of it. The art in that is so inconsistent. Like you'll like because you have like a big deck of like dungeon monsters, and you'll flip one, and it'll be like, oh, here's a demon in one art style, and then you flip it again, and it's like, oh, here's some cliff art. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like they they paid an artist, but only for like twenty five percent of the box or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, so have odd. you guys played photosynthesis? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh come on now, please. Which I... way are you going with this? Please, well, it's obviously very beautiful. Okay. Oh um, no, man. But I didn't. I didn't enjoy the game. So I so much so that I bought it at uh, I think UK Games Expo like two years ago when it was like on everyone's Instagram accounts. Like mm. it just looks so beautiful. Bought it. Uh, then we played it in the evening. I hated it and sold it to my friend like oh my straight God. away. I was like, I don't want this. Oh. And he, he was like, I'll take it. And I was like, sure, here you go. I feel like that's a very Alex Lowley's Oh, God, yeah. Story. I hate this so much. I'm going to get it like the day that I bought it to someone else. Did you sell I'm it for like to... a couple of beans? I'm going to 
<laughs> no, I got the price that I paid for it. Thank you wow. very much. I'm going to leave my child at the orphanage. <laughs> hi, hi, mate. Would you like to buy this board game secondhand for the exact price that I bought it? It's only a day old, but I have spats on it. <laughs> no, no. He played. He was he was involved in the game, so he was there. He played it with me, and then just bought it off me directly. Oh gosh. Uh, also, I liked it. Special shout out to Laura Up. Uh, which we Ooh, Wills yeah. and I played to give it a test run before the Let's Play, and we were both like, oh, this is a great game, uh, but this artwork must be placeholder. Uh, so we checked with the publisher, and they were like, no, that's the final nope. art. <laughs> I like the artwork. It's the artwork, the, like, the I don't know what the board game equivalent of this, but like the UI, like the, the design elements, like the little um, file tabs and all that kind of stuff is really nice, but the actual, like, like bits of key art on each card, like the actual painted pictures of people, like... It, it looks like placeholder art. Like, it's very like hastily it. done, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Quick I love aside. that game. Yeah, something's yeah. knocking about. Huh? Yeah, I can hear... I think it's wheels. I think oh, the mic is, like, feedbacking or something. It's because I keep doing that, and I'm, like, hitting yeah. the arms on my it keeps desk. Going... <laughs> it's fine. Like Don't worry farts. about it. It's we like won't cut small... it out. It'll explain it for the viewers. <laughs> it's like a small fart machine. <laughs> no, the oh, fart gosh. machine was yesterday when we were recording. Uh... <laughs> Let's not get back into that. Right. Next question... Lolies, would you like to take this one from Tom? It's at the top of the list. Tom, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. They're a drama. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hello, guys. I recently got Arkham Horror, the card game, for my partner and I to play. We had our first game at the weekend, and she found it a little overwhelming. It has left a sour taste for us to play it again. We're both pretty inexperienced at these kind of games, and so I think I jumped us in at the deep end somewhat, even though I had done my research about how to play, etc., my question is, have you got any recommendations for similar yet simpler games that may act as a gateway for games like AH? Really enjoying the podcast. Cheers, Tom. Harry Potter, Hogwarts battle. Harry Potter, Hogwarts battle. No. There you go. See yeah, you. Move along. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've not played Arkham Horror, so unfortunately I have, I have no input to this. I think... Um... So basically the way that Arkham Horror works is that you have like a little sort of module adventure that you play through uh, and you can play them like a legacy thing where like your consequences of the first one will affect the second one and so on. But you basically like your character is a deck and then you um, basically like it's a, it's a deck. Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get to build and customize over missions and upgrade cards and stuff like that. It's very similar to the Marvel Champions game that me and Johnny did a playthrough on the channel. Yeah. Um, I think, to be fair, Marvel Champions might be a good uh, like if you literally hard. want the, the same game but less complicated. I think probably a good start. Yeah. Really hard wheels. That game will. That game's just... not hard. We won. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> in terms of rules, yeah, it, like it cuts out the locations from Arkham Horror, which yes. is the bit that is slightly more complex. It's just pure combat, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but that I would say, if you want something encouraging, I. Marvel Champions is really good, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like that game. But from the experiences that both Matt and I have had with the game, it, like, it's really quite hard not to play. You guys scrubs, but... I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to There's win. Video evidence of me and Johnny winning, so. <laughs> um, as you might have heard earlier when I was singing, um, Hogwarts Battle. Oh, I must have missed the... that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not the most like thrilling game. Don't get me wrong, but like if you want to 
that's I again like I'm not going to assume what level you are, like viewer <laughs> or listener. I had something in my eye, but thank you for calling it out. I was just uh, subtly moving out of the way so the the viewers did not have to see me pulling over my eyelids. But yeah, I had I something irritating my eye. Sorry. Yeah, I'll, uh, addressing Tom, the writer of this this question. Uh, I don't know what level of like experience you are, like, uh, but like if I was if you were to ask me, okay, where do you want to start? Like right at the beginning, I would say like Dominion. Like Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, start with like a basic deck builder because that's essentially what Arkham Horror is in a sense. Uh... I know you don't like earn new cards except for when you're like leveling up and things, but you're still using cards in a similar manner. Mm. And then once you've got those mechanics down of using cards, especially in like a co-op game like Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, maybe try like Legendary Marvel Legendary as well. Like, they have mechanics that are, like, connected. Then, like, Arkham Horror, you already have that down in terms of, like, using cards and gaining new cards along the way. Then you can, like, tackle, like, the specific elements of that game. As in, like, the locations and the enemy effects and things like that. Like, that's what I would recommend anyway. Yeah, I suppose it comes down to what they're after. Because if, like, the the living card games like Marvel and Arkham Horror, part of that is building your deck before each game. Mm. And I think, mm. de- yeah, deck builders are a perfect example of, like, you don't have to worry about doing it beforehand, but you get a sense of, like, oh, I'm customising my deck, I'm taking cards out, so to kind of make it more efficient Yeah. Um, without the, the stress of having to be like, oh, I have to do this and then actually play it all. So I think that's a good Maybe um, playing something like Keyforge and getting mm. into that, like you have a deck that is already made and works for you yep. and then just getting to grips with like how to combo certain cards together uh, to, you know, like effectively take things on, like little mini yeah. challenges. That might be a good little starting ground as well. Yeah, yeah, I think Keyforge is definitely, and it and you can get like the starter packs mm-hmm. for like a decent they're not like hugely expensive this is really good <laughs> and it's really good yeah. yeah okay let's go for uh let's go for after gosh the spielder yards talk let's go for this one <laughs> wheels uh Hello. yeah wheels would you like to read this one from brian mcniff okay brian mcniff where is that uh it's scroll, free up from scroll, kyle scroll. Ah, you have highlighted it. That that would help. Okay, um, Brian McNiff asks, is there a game where you think the board game community got it wrong? Either one most <laughs> dislike that you think is great, or one everyone loves that you just don't understand why tapestry. Take it to ride. <laughs> no, no, oh! no, 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 no. I get, I, I don't like Take It to Ride, but I understand why other people like it. Yeah. So it's not, it's not quite. Cool, let's wow. move on. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've diffused that particular bomb. I mean, there's an element of like, uh, like the Spirit of Yara's here, right? Because those are those are really well-selling games, and we've kind of been through all of that. I think I I am on record as saying that I like Seafall, although I know that it has its issues. I don't think it's like a a fantastic game, but I think there's really something in there that just for me personally really got me. Where it's like I'm really excited to play this game, and I played it a lot. Um, but I know that there are issues with that. I think in terms of in terms of games people love that I don't like. Oh gosh. Uh oh. Just thinking of this this is just like tell us your hottest takes. <laughs> this is the <laughs> Alex Lowley's question. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. There's definitely something, but I just my mind's just gone blank. This... I um 
it's not that I don't like it, but like the my sort of favorite like um, little subsection of board games are the the big box Matago trilogy, hmm. which has Cyclades, Kemet, and Inish, and it seems to be like the wide opinion that Inish is like the the perfect one out of all three, um, and I don't agree with that at all. I I think that would be my third favorite of the three. <gasps> I was, Excuse me, I was, Inish is about the Celtic history. Yeah, and it's but it's you know. It's not. It's not ancient Egypt or ancient Greece, is it, ladies? Let's be honest. But no, it's not the theme. Like I do think that. Um, like I think I, I like Inish, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm ragging on it, but I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Cyclades or Comet. Mm. I think Comet is way more wacky and a bit unbalanced, but it's also like really cool. Um, and Cyclades, I just think is like one of. It's just one of the best war games out there at the moment. I think it's brilliant. I cool. Well, on that note, cool. actually, cool. cool. I just thought you said yeah. cool. <laughs> no, Koo. Do you Koo not like Koo? is very pretty. I pl- I'll play it if that's the only thing people will play. But I don't think it's as great as everyone keeps go- like banging on about it. I just uh, it's fine. It's fi- it- it'll do. That's the kind <laughs> it'll of game do. it'll oh do. But um, it'll do, pig. It'll do. It's just not. Uh, it's, uh, it's just <laughs> like oh. I have a card. I'm lying about it. It's like it's like bull bull bullshit. Can I say that? That's the name of the game. Oh, um, bullcrap. That's the name fine. of the game. Um, it's like that, but slightly different. Um, I'm gonna say werewolves. Um, oh, werewolf is thoroughly. Uh, I yeah. think it's just a case of having played it as much as I mm. have, because it it's a game that comes up a lot and like. Obviously, it's a really, it's a good game to introduce people. People love social reduction games. It's one, but it's one that just everyone has, and like, there's just so much better out there, and it's just another like D and D situation where I like D and D. Don't get me wrong, um, but like werewolves compared to like uh, two rooms and a boom, uh, or like, uh, or even yeah, like any other like hidden role game. Or social introduction game, I just think that like it's just everywhere and like yeah, I'll play one night Ultimate Werewolf, but um, in terms of like games that people have like ragged off and I really like, uh, Betrayal at House and Hill probably like people constantly just dump on it and. Because I'm it's unbalanced other, I'm on the other and side whatever. Of that. Yeah, I, I know you are. No, I think I think loads of people love it, and I don't really get why. <laughs> I oh, think it's pretty bland. I, I guess mm, it depends yeah, on same. what like community you're talking to, though. Mm. Like, I'd say uh, on a mainstream level, <laughs> I, using that word, uh, like it is well liked. But like when you talk to certain people in, in the community, yeah, Reddit. <laughs> Don't um, ever talk to Reddit. That's the, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the solution: it. is pay no attention to internet. <laughs> Despite exactly. the fact that we're on it, yeah, pay attention to us. But as in like yeah, no. things like like Reddit, Board Game Geek, the the kind of like those communities are very like uh, people who balance. perceive them, like it's kind of elitist, right? Like there's a yeah. there is yeah. a vein of elitism that runs through board gaming. I think. Um, and it, it, I think betrayal is kind of a victim of that. Like again, it's not. I don't think anyone's trying to pretend it's like the most tightly no, designed thing in the world. 
Oh, it's terribly but... designed in that regard. Like, the, <laughs> the balancing issues in that game are severe. And, like, depending on what scenario you get, it could be really great or really awful. But I still really like it, so hmm. that argument just kind of flies over my head. Yeah. I just don't really care. I think it's that thing of, like, some people like to play games because they want to get a high score. They want to, like, go for the most effective strategy where it's just how can I make the most points every turn? Whereas other people mm. go for like the social aspect or the storytelling aspect. So it just kind of, it splits into those two camps. The thing is like, number one, please just like both of those kinds of games because it is mm. possible. Mm. Number two, betrayal is just nothing like that. Like it never comes across like that. Like looking at the box art, the tokens, everything for it. It's like, Anyone who gets that kind of impression that's ever even attempting to do anything like that, just completely missing the point. Like, if you want, like, a really efficient game, like, go and play Scythe or something. Play Scythe. Oh, gosh. Don't get the people started on Scythe. Then I think we can all agree on the most overrated game of all time that seems to be the most popular RPG in all of existence. (laughs) You see, you guys are always saying that, but I really like it. It's fine. It's just... It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think it's it's. I've not played a huge amount of RPGs, but D and D, having played a few now, is still up there as one of my favorites. It's it's a world that I love inhabiting. I like having read books and watched TV series and stuff like that. I just I love being in that world. I love playing those characters, and it's a system that I know well enough now that I know I kind of know what I'm doing to a certain extent. But I get still get surprised. And I think you guys are too harsh on it, just because it's like popular with people now. It's like it's like it's like you guys. I feel like you guys are very hipster in your attitude. Oh, don't city. you come you're at very, us with that? You're very, you're come on now. Like, oh, oh, I like to. Right. I like to. No, you're like, oh, I like to. Before it was cool, and now that everyone else likes it, I don't like it anymore. I've never no, liked no, no, no. has been. Uh, like pretty cool and widely played for a very long time now before <laughs> i started playing it certainly like uh it's nothing to do with it's nothing to do with the fact that it is popular it's mostly like people forget other rpgs i think that's more the problem right? yeah, like, yeah that's that's more the issue isn't it it's like there's so uh, many so many good things out there that aren't getting played it's the it's the yeah it's become the nintendo of tabletop role-playing games in that people just go oh it's D. Which yeah. like, you can understand why, because it's still not, it's big, but it's not mainstream in the way that, well, like Monopoly is, Monopoly, Jenga, Scrabble are maybe the only real, and then maybe Cluedo. There's a few things. Oh, I've been playing but, Scrabble this week also. Yeah. Oh, cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> but as in, there are, very, there are very few board games, and even I think D&D is not mainstream, uh, there is nothing mainstream to the point where, like people just use it as a shorthand. Right, yeah. mm. because tabletop role playing isn't I, to a point think... where you can say tabletop role playing and people like beyond the people that already do it, you can't just say tabletop role playing because they'll be like, "What's that?" If you say Dungeons and Dragons, they go, "Oh, I know what that is." Mm. Yeah, but I think that's okay because we say, "Oh, I'm gonna Hoover." Hoover is a brand. Uh, it's just one <laughs> brand out of many other no. vacuum brands. But it's not a game system. It's a known brand. I... No, like, this is the same thing. D&D is, is to TTRPGs what Hoover is to vacuums. <laughs> Big hot take, lonely hot take. Oh. Um, uh, no, I, I can see where Lonely's is coming from. And can I you? agree with her. I don't really care. No, no, no. I don't care about the fact that it's used in that terminology. Like, I don't really care. Like... 
uh, it's not a huge deal to me because the the work like mostly the the letters D and D has like changed. It's changed as a form of language. Like it's become to represent for a lot of people role playing games, which is fine. I don't really care about that. It's more the fact that people play D and D when they have absolutely no experience in role playing whatsoever. And then sometimes they might get turned off. Or they might be like, what the hell do with this? I'm really, like, confused. And I'm like, like, I wish other <laughs> role-playing games were given a bit more of a, a limelight just so that they can then maybe work up to D&D. D&D's fine. I like playing D&D. But, like, I just... Yeah, having actually had that experience, playing D&D with being like one of my first role playing games and being kind of like well what's going on here like luckily I got through that but I think some people won't and that's, that's the only thing I've got against it it's like it's like I'm gonna google something there's lots of search engines oh, out there oh come on google this is not the point lolis <laughs> anyway me and do you want to read this last question from Liam yes. Tanmore yes I do where uh. is the question such a stirrer, uh, Get me out of this hell I, I feel, I'm feeling very argumentative today. I see it. Yeah, we can tell. Talking of D&D. Um, what inspires you when you are a DM creating a story? Liam Tonmore asks. So, asks. I, I, I'd say here, like, you can obviously just draw from wherever, but... Particularly if you're starting out, I think there's nothing wrong with just drawing from elements of other things you like, whether it's books, films, other games, and just kind of mashing them together. It's like, oh, I saw a cool moment in that, let's include that. Or there was a character, I'm going to take some elements of that character, I liked it when they, you know, when they did a certain thing, or the way that they spoke, or whatever. I think part of the fun of role-playing games is, especially when you're starting out, like there's nothing wrong with just kind of mashing together a load of stuff even if it's a little bit generic at first, because the fun of it comes from the people around the table. So really, your story doesn't always need to be the most interesting thing about it, Mm. because the players will make it interesting. So I think there's an element of like not overdoing it, but just like drawing from elements that you think could make your players, you know, have their own inspiration. So in some ways it's like, okay, here's an interesting world in the background. So, you know... I've been watching a lot of Avatar, The Last Airbender at the moment. So it's like, there are some really cool aspects of that world about how the Fire Nation uh, is kind of trying to take over the rest of the world and the fact that there was someone lost for a hundred years and they're kind of here to be a saviour, that kind of thing. So it's like, you can take elements of that and then insert them into maybe a little bit of something else, a little bit of something else, Mm. whatever you want. And you can even do that from week to week to week. Like one week could be a noir style mystery but if you've been watching i don't know the long uh the long goodbye or something like that yeah and then the next week could be some kind of like combat heavy arena thing if you've been watching gladiator you know just just draw inspiration from the things that you like i think there's nothing wrong with that like you don't have to feel you're not not everyone is like an author or like some i think it's it's easy to say we are like we're guilty to some degree of this, you know, Johnny is an incredible DM and, you know, we play on camera and it's very easy, like looking at us or Critical Role, Oxventure, whoever, to be like, oh, wow. But also a lot of those shows are A, edited, B, like people that play it 
all the time and so on. I think there's there's like particularly with Critical Role who are all professional voice actors. People mm-hmm. are like, I want my group to be like Critical Role, and it's yeah. like, but it won't be, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like Matt Mercer has had years and years and years of experience. Like he's been DMing since he was like a teenager, and now he's been DMing like professionally for like like a decade, maybe even longer. And, like, they've got a budget, they've got, like, professional voice actors, you know, like, and obviously they've got a lot of riding on it, so it's going to be that level of quality. So, honestly, like, like worrying that you're not going to be able to do it at that level, like, of course you're not going to be able to do it at that level. Like, like, that's really impressive. And, yeah, I would echo Matt and say a lot of the campaigns that I've planned or run etc have been because on a whim I've been like really obsessed with something like a theme or like a piece of media or something like that so like a lot of the dread campaigns I've done in the past have literally just been because I've been like partly obsessed with something so like I did a dread campaign basically hugely inspired by System Shock 2 the the video game because uh, I was just obsessed with it uh, and then I also did one on like Egyptian mythology as well, because I was really into that. Uh, but like, yeah, if you're just if you're reading a book at the moment, if you're like watching a television show, and it's really getting you into even just like the period, or like the setting, or like even just an element of the the history of the world, like just use that and yeah, make a mishmash. Uh, like I really think that. You know, nothing is truly original, really, because everything kind of takes something from somewhere. So don't feel like you need to invent an int- Please don't invent an entirely new world from straight off and then try and do a campaign in that because it's it's like a really intensive thing to do. Those those things will happen through play as well. Like yeah, you'll you'll discover things about the world that you've made that you didn't realise when you were setting out. Like I think there's been plenty of times where I've had. I don't know, like, because you, you know, like the the um, Oxventure and the um, Breakquest Club is all set in. I think it's called Geth, which is like Johnny's sort of like made up universe. Um, and like, he didn't sit down at the start of all of those sessions and go, yeah. "Okay, here's the entire world that I've made. Now let's inhabit it." You know, it, it evolved over time and, yeah. and got in jokes and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. that will happen with your games as well because, like, you will find especially if you're got sort of going off the beaten track and not playing like modules and all that kind of stuff you will find that your players will naturally lean towards things that they're interested in as well as you mm. um and then you'll just start riffing off each other and thinking well okay like you know this wasn't meant to be about a cult but they seem really interested <laughs> in these guys so you know let's let's crack on with that yeah. and a lot of the times i like to um like if you're playing in an established setting like so for example i've been playing blades and duck right so like that is a very sort of here is a world that you're inhabiting here's all the little elements you can just sort of like pick and choose the bits that interest you you can completely ignore other bits if they don't and then just go with that like oh this this crew is really cool i'm gonna do something around that or like this sort of weird demon that i've discovered in the book or has been like brought up seems really interesting let's make them the antagonist Mm. yeah it's it's a little bit (laughs) it's like how good television works like a lot of people will have an idea of the ending of a entire show, but like how they get there is just 
Like they don't, a good television show won't know exactly how it's going to get there, mm. simply because of the way the audience responds to certain characters, the way you know actors might just leave, like, and they might have to work around that. Like, just come at it from that perspective, because uh, number one, like, designing an entire world is a lot of work, and number two, your players are probably going to mess it up. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I tend to have like, there's like a couple of key beats that I would like to go for, but sometimes I won't even have a ending planned yeah. because it's more the fact that I like to put my players in a situation rather than a storyline. Like I want, I want them to be here. Here's like a weird thing that's happening. Here's a couple of factions that are interested and in what they want from the world. Like, what do you want to do? Like, how are you gonna sort of diffuse this, or how are you gonna profit off of this? Because um, I think that tends to be more interesting because it's it's not players like being led down a path of the set pieces you wanted them to happen it's mm. players making their own path because they're like well i mean it's cool that you like you know thought about this stuff but we don't care about it so we're just going <laughs> to shove it to the side and completely yeah. ignore it because we like this one bartender who's got a weird eye yeah mm. <laughs> of course. yeah all right i think that's all we have time for this week mm. but Video team, what's coming yes. up on youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker in the next week or so? Ladies? I have no idea. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> I was going to say that we just um, literally yesterday, or yesterday from the day that we're recording this, we filmed the next three episodes of uh, um, Dead Weird West, Dead Land, um, which is very good. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's going to finish off that little arc before we go back into Dungeon Breaker. Mm. Um, We've also the got next episodes on Saturday, right? Yes, mm-hmm. every Saturday. Yep. Every Saturday, yes. three PM BST. Uh, if you see you there. If you've just watched this, then it will be Friday. So yesterday we would have streamed um, us playing mini golf in Tabletop <laughs> Simulator, which it's... is going to be very good. Um, and we've also got a bullet let's play that's just gone up as well. I think in the future. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I think, and then yeah, so Dungeon Breaker will return in a few weeks' time. Dungeon Breaker will return. But there is there's time to catch <laughs> up with the yeah. with the first a, arc before you a soul come, into, <laughs> come into season two. <laughs> and uh, oh, on the website side, we have uh, we've got a number of things up. We actually have uh, speaking about kind of DMing and letting the players take their own um, route. We have a an opinion piece uh, which is really interesting actually about how railroading, which is kind of when the GM gives the players a little bit more kind of pointed direction um often it's like a negative thing of forcing them into a story but how Mm. you can use it sparingly to kind of make the experience better if that you know you have new Mm. players or to kind of keep a consistent plot going um and then in the near future um if not up already we should have a feature on blood bowl and the community of blood bowl the miniatures game um Mm. we have a review coming up of the age of sigma uh rpg Soulbound. Uh, that's Warhammer oh, Age of Sigma. Yeah. Um, which I think is the first tabletop RPG based on Age of Sigma, rather than yes, old, yeah. So they, old... they have forty k stuff and they have the old Warhammer world, Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. This is the first Sigma one. Um, and then at some point in the future, we should have a feature with Mark Rosewater of Magic: The Gathering, but uh, I don't know when that will be up yet um, because it's still in the works at the moment. And mm. we, yeah, we should have one more thing yeah. on the video side i've just remembered um after but back by popular demand we're gonna film another let's play of uh, the gloomhaven pc game 
Uh, so me, Lolis, and Johnny will be jumping back into that tomorrow morning, and that should be with you in the next sort of week or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And followers of this podcast will be interested to know that one Alex Meehan has written... <gasps> Uh, written up her thoughts on Scythe. And oh, you, what? And I've never heard of Scythe. <laughs> your experience playing the digital edition, particularly at the moment, which I think is a, a really nice piece that will, I think a lot of people will relate to it, especially right now. So mm. I'm looking forward to that getting up. But uh, yeah, that's all from us. Uh, you can follow us in the regular places, so dicebreaker.com, youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker, at join dicebreaker. Uh, we're on Instagram and all the places you would expect. Uh, if you want some merchandise... It is dicebreaker.myshopify.com. Uh, Show us your shirt. Stand up, Matt. Stand up. Show us. Oh, oh God. I hope there's no uh, just like... It's very warm Pit in stains. here. <laughs> the t-shirts you purchase from the Dicebreaker merch store will not come with sweat stains on them. Um, Unless specifically requested. <laughs> unless you'd really like them. That's extra. Um, but as of... <laughs> over to Matt Jarvis's Patreon for that one. <laughs> as of today... Um, well, hopefully as of today, or at least very soon, uh, we should have the Luck Beer Lady and Wood for Sheep shirts going back Sweet. up. They were previously only available Ooh. at conventions. There's the Be Nice Roll Dice shirt, which I am wearing, if you're watching the video, and the Big Deck Energy shirts, which are brand new. Um, we will have US shipping. Um, that is opening up now, um, so folks can get them, hopefully, wherever you may be. Um, and then we have some more designs coming up in the near future, um, so keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes fixed on here. Keep your eyes peeled on the store. Um, but yes, we've got some cool stuff coming up. But uh, we will return, and the Dicebreaker podcast will return next Friday. Uh, but so until then, thank you, Alex Slowly's. Thanks for having audio. me. Uh, thank you, Wheels. <laughs> and thank you, Alex Meehan. I'm emotionally swinging around. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I've been Matt Jarvis. Until we return, have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.